Welcome to Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Roostrock. I'm here with my special guest, W2 Hamilton. Welcome. Hey, thank you. It's awesome to be on here. Now, we're, we had a chance to talk right before we went on live today, and you have several books out, but we're going to concentrate on your one-chapter books. Can you tell us a little bit about that series? Yeah, so um, what happened was I uh, read a lot of um, business books and marketing books, and they all had one thing in common. When I got to the chapter that really solved the problem that I was looking for, I stopped reading the book and jumped into to make that happen. So I said to myself, there's got to be people like me that just want to read the one chapter that they need. Why don't I start writing one chapter books to help entrepreneurs solve the problem so they can keep you know, moving forward in their business? So that's what I have created. So I've done about six of those so far. Awesome. Now, what are some of the problems that you see that you can help entrepreneurs with? So the, the very first one I did was uh, ask for the money because I know uh, when I first got thrown into, before I became an entrepreneur, I was working in sales, and that was the first thing that, I struggled with was actually asking for the sale as you went through the sales process. So the first book was all about asking for the money. Then I did a a book that was all about, uh, you know, where do you start? You got this great idea. It's called the million dollar idea. Where do you start? How do you actually take that from an idea to actual product or service? So I I told the story of, of how I, how I did it and how I guide people into doing that. And then from there, I did one on networking, did one on social media. And then the latest one I've done is it's called The Harsh Truth, which is what's the real truth that you have to get through to really make your business work. Oh, exactly. Um, so have you, with your books as of yet, touched base on getting investors to invest into your idea? So the there's a... The one book is called uh, The Lonely Printer, and in that I do talk to a little bit at the beginning of um, having an investment, working with investors, and then the whole thing going south, and basically mm-hmm. how I lost $25,000 in an investment Ooh. that only lasted about three months, and how, how much of a benefit that was for helping me to really understand how to work with investors and how to put deals together. Good. That's not good that you lost $25,000, but I mean, it's a good learning experience, and I'm glad that you were able to share that. Yeah, it turn was great. Negative. Actually, it was... Yeah. yeah, turn a negative into a positive. That's what it was all about. Exactly. It was like going to uh, business boot camp. That, that's something I think every entrepreneur <laughs> needs to do is a boot camp at, at least once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here I am. I'm an entrepreneur myself with films and publishing and whatever. And I do boot camps all the time online because you learn so much information from both an author's point of view and a lot of entrepreneur books self-help, and guidance books transfer over to the authoring world. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the thing I find with like I deal with different authors, and the thing that I find with them is they don't look at it as an entrepreneur business. So they're uh, they're not really looking at the marketing and promoting and doing all the things that you have to do to actually get your your book from Amazon into somebody's uh, into somebody's laptop or into somebody's hand. Right. I try to explain this to authors all the time. You are a small business. You're not just an author. You are a small business. You have to market yourself. You have to get your voice out there. Writing a great book and just putting it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, so wherever you have it is great. It's the first step, but it's not the only step. There's about 100 between A and bestseller. <laughs> Yeah, and the getting it on onto the platform is the easiest step. Oh, it but is, actually and they have taking your author hat off and putting your promoter hat on and your marketing hat. That's that takes a lot of work, and if you don't know a lot about that that lane, you really have mm-hmm. to learn it because you can spend a lot of money and not get very much results just because you mm-hmm. you don't know what what it takes to do it. So you just throw you're throwing cash at it, thinking that's going to be the solution. But I found because we I had done that, I had spent money just with with someone just to market, and mm-hmm. the initial campaign was great, but it only lasts a few days, and you need three months of marketing. So you need to learn how to do it yourself as well as paying someone to do some marketing for you. Oh, exactly. It's not just where you're spending money; it's how you're spending it what you're spending it on, and what are the results. There's a formula, formula. sorry, I can't talk today, um, that people have to follow for it to be effective. And exactly. Unfortunately, not a lot of people, A, have the mindset to learn the formula, formula, or B, they just go, oh, I'll just pay someone to do it, and that's great. You can pay great marketers. Um, author assistants and all these people that help promote your book but if you're not learning it yourself what's the point of just keeping paying people constantly you have to know what they're doing so you can help exactly and and in the the book The Heart's Truth I talk a lot Mm -hmm. about um, the mindset and, and understanding how how your money should work. It's a, it's a story. So it's a, basically a story of a young entrepreneur. His name is Peter. He he uh, requests to have a meeting with his, his uh, mentor friend. And so it takes place in a diner. And just mm-hmm. through conversation, I, I basically travel through all the different realities that you're going to run into as you're starting your business and how to, uh, how to find the solutions to be able to get through those because some of them are mindset like when you start a business everybody's excited when you start they're mm-hmm. excited if you succeed or they're excited when you quit and you will start something else but right. yeah in between time you're on your own so right it takes you, you have nine months okay. instead of two months to get your thing going you're on your own Mhm. oh yeah I find that even with film everyone's excited right in those first month or two 
But after the first month or two, they're like, why isn't this done? Why isn't that? It's a slow process. They don't understand the process. They have this mindset that you have to have it done in two months, three months. It's not that. There's a lot of working wheels in any business. And you have to make sure all the gears line up in order to in order for everything to run smoothly. Yeah, and so a lot of it is self-belief and is discipline and, and focus. And those are, are things that are hard to to build naturally. Mm-hmm. And that's why you, you need to surround yourself with people that can help you or have, have someone that's done it before that can guide you through the steps and then also just help you to stay on, on course and be accountable for the actions that you're taking and make sure you're always building momentum and moving forward. Right. And, okay, you build your team around you. You build your team with like-minded individuals, but also people that can help you succeed. Either they have experience in finance, in the industry that you're pursuing, in organization, in whatever you're needing. Then you keep those ones that have your core team. Then you build up your cheerleading squad, basically. Your people that will promote you, be happy for you, bring your spirits up. When you lose $10,000 for something stupid because you don't know that you could utilize that $10,000 on something else. Exactly. So, so I have a book called The Lonelypreneur, and that's the the strategy. Is and one of the things that I learned from my mentor is it's called folding time. It's basically, mm-hmm. if you can align yourself with someone that's already done it, you can learn from the mistakes they made, so you don't have to make them. So you're something that might have taken you say three or four months to figure out. You can learn that in one conversation if you have the right people around you. And then a key strategy that I try to use is have people in different time zones. Because if you're working on your business at 2 o'clock in the morning, you can't call someone necessarily in your time zone to talk to them. But if you have people mm-hmm. in different time zones, you can reach out to someone at 2 o'clock in the morning. It might it might be you know, 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning where they are, or it might be uh, 11 o'clock at night where they are. So it's a great strategy, oh, yeah. strategy to use to be able to... Uh, all of your problems at any time of the, the day or night. Exactly. I have my team spread out through the U.S., but I also have mentors in the U.K., Australia, New Zealand. They may not know mm-hmm. the business right down to the T, but I can call them up or Facebook or Twitter or whatever I need to do to get a hold of them, and they will brainstorm with me. They may not know the yeah. problem exactly, but they can brainstorm. And one of my great mentors, Antonio T. Smith, he's an author, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker. We do brainstorming sessions. He's like, take everything you know about whatever the problem is, toss it out the window. Okay, now we have a problem. What can we do that's a creative solution to fix the problem that hasn't already been tried? Because you are, you wouldn't be talking to me if you already tried everything that you can think of. 
So let us think of everything you haven't thought of. Mm-hmm. And that's a, an awesome power and an awesome resource to, to have, right, when you're able to do that. Right. Right. Is to be able to call your mentor, a friend, a business partner, and be able to strategize because we all do it. We have these mounds of problems. We do, we look in at it, it looks like a mountain. But when you sit there and you bounce ideas off someone that's removed from the situation, that mountain is not that big. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't exactly. matter if it's a book that we're trying to get to bestseller or needing to come up with an investor for $25,000, throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. that big of a problem. It's just you have to look for the solution. Exactly. And I find that uh, that happens a lot with me when uh, people reach out to me and mm-hmm. I'm able to see a solution really quickly that once once I tell them, they see it and they all of a sudden like, wow, I, how could I not seen that it's, it's so obvious it's captain obvious it's just mm-hmm. that you can't see it from your point of view so you need always mm-hmm. to reach out to someone outside of what you're going through because they might be able to see right away oh you didn't try this just try this this will work for you right it's an awesome feeling when you have those resources around that you can use oh it's wonderful to have resources like that it's as an entrepreneur as a business minded person as an author you have to utilize the people that you network with and networking is 90% of what you need to succeed because it's not yeah. what you know it's who you know yeah exactly so you have another book coming out later this spring what is yeah. that one on so that that book is uh, so it's a continuation of the the harsh truth. So the last three books that I well the last two books that I wrote and then this one, I've kind of turned them into like a a series. But you you, you can read them as one offs or you can read the other two first. But basically, this mm-hmm. one takes place in a, a live seminar, and uh, the one person that's attending is skeptical, and then you have the person that's teaching the seminar which is, is teaching all the little tips and tricks on how to really build up an online business mm-hmm. and then there's a, another character that's that's from the harsh truth that that is in there and there's a, basically a sub story that happens between the two and they they're able to solve a few different problems that you would run into that are life problems that kind of get in the way of building your business that you have to be able to learn how to deal with so that you can stay focused on growing your business. So in it, I have like a, how to do heart, heart centered sales, how mm-hmm. to uh, make a perfect um, or an irresistible offer. So I, I work, they go through that at the end of the book. And then also just some of the little pitfalls that you run into and how to, how to deal with the mindset too to really uh, succeed in, in business and succeed in online businessing. Now, 
Now, in your opinion, is it harder to be authentic when you're doing an online business or being authentic and trying to sell someone in, a, say, a store? So what I do is I, like I, I try to show up online and offline the same way. That was, um, it was a bit of a struggle to get there because I had to get to the point. So I struggled with, you know, at first I would show up the way I thought an entrepreneur should show up or I would show up online the way that other people were showing up online. And what happened with me is I was finding that I wasn't getting any clients. Really, I was, you know, I was getting one or two, but not enough to be excited about. So I decided, mm-hmm. okay, if pretending to be somebody is not working, why don't I just be myself? Because I have a lot more fun being myself. And so, right. and I said to myself, I'm not going to lose business because I'm not really gaining any business right now, pretending to to be like this guy or like that person over there. So once I started being myself, I started to attract people that were, were like me that wanted to learn from someone like me. So it's actually, I find it easier. It, it's scary at first because you're opening it, you're making yourself more vulnerable, but you're also making yourself real. So it's, right. It, you're more relatable in the long run. And the people that don't like you, they weren't going to like you, whether you were being the fake person or not. In, uh, in my book, there's a book called Luckypreneur, and I talk about, mm-hmm. you know, what if you became really successful being the fake you? You're going to be stuck being the fake you for the rest of your life. Is that really what you what you want to be successful doing? Right. Do you want to be known as a person that puts on a show for everyone or someone that can relate to everyone because you're real? We see this with celebrities. We see this all the time. People talk about it from reality TV, which we all know is not completely 100% real, <laughs> and yeah. – news you're stuck being this person and it's not necessarily who you are so then you create this whole world around this persona and you're actually harming your psyche yeah exactly and then if you when you learn and you grow you you get different perspectives and viewpoints on things but if you're locked into having to be this certain way all the time you can't actually expand what you know or or do anything different because now people expect you to only be in this lane and only do this for the mm-hmm. for as far as your business goes and all the people that are invested in there and lawyers everybody expects you to be this person because that's what makes the money. So if, right. if you can be real, then you're able to to adjust and and shift and change your viewpoints. And it's still part of your brand because that's you. You are your brand at that point. Mm-hmm. So it, it it takes a little bit more time and effort to to grow because you're not going to appeal to as many people, but you're going to have a real authentic uh, appeal to the people that you that you resonate with. Right, and here's what people don't understand: once you start resonating with appeal from being yourself, yes, it's a slower road to take. But scaling your business responsibly and slowly is actually better 
and being fake and scaling too quickly because then you run into all sorts of other problems that you wouldn't have to had deal with if you would have scaled responsibly. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense, and I think uh, a lot of people don't see that because when you're looking at social media, especially like Instagram, everything mm-hmm. is based on 90 days, 90 days to success. Mm-hmm. And success takes way longer than 90 days if you really want real, real sustainable success. Mm-hmm. And oh, it does. The quick money doesn't last, right? Quick money doesn't last. You you make a few quick sales, and then people start to see through you, and then you you don't make any more sales. Right. If you're having quick sales, okay, that's great. You're making money real quickly. But is that sale going to come back to you in 30 days, 90 days, 120 days? Are they going to come back to you when you have a new product a year from now? You have to be able to scale slowly, steadily, and not just go for the quick sales. You have to make that personable connection with your client, with your customer, with your whatever you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And when you're authentic, you, you have more fun because you're 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 relaxed because you can just be your normal self 24 hours a day. You don't have to put on a show when you turn on the uh, camera to make a video. Exactly. You can't. Okay, I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of pop-up things on uh, Facebook because it's just the type of person I am. If I have something I say, I'm going to say it. When you turn that camera on, you have to be yourself. You can't be some fake Barbie doll, Barbie doll and put it on the show for people. Yeah, it's fun, it's entertaining, but are you really having fun doing it? You have to be authentic with yourself before you can be authentic to your clients, to your followers, to your whatever the case may be. Exactly. And then uh, once you're able to do that, you can, you, you can uh, fine tune it. You can do different things with your, you know, the way that you're showing up, but you're still going to always be the real person. The, the, the fear that I would have is if I built up a persona on camera, and then I'm out with my with my family or out with my friends, and I'm a completely different person, and, and someone sees me and comes up to me, I, I think that that would be very uh, unauthentic. But if you run into me at any kind of event, I do a lot of social socializing events. I'm the same person that you see you see on social media. Exactly. You have to be one person. All the time. The only person you can be is yourself. You cannot be the class clown 24-7. You cannot be um, someone that puts on the show for 15 minutes and be someone else if they meet you on the street. It's not going to work. We see people on Instagram all the time getting called out about this stuff because it's right there. If you're not the same person they see on A, B, and C, you're going to get called out, and that's only going to hurt you and your brand and your business. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I know it's it's something that people struggle with because it's it, it's it's hard, right? It's not as easy to grow slowly. And mm-hmm. uh, and everybody around you. This is one of the things I talk about in the harsh truth. Like everybody around you that are excited when you start, they're not there when you're struggling to uh, really build it up. But they also don't get any of the benefits. Maybe your family gets some some monetary benefits eventually. But they don't they don't get any other other benefits as you're building up your business. So you have to realize that um, it's okay that maybe all the people that were excited aren't really there for you every step of the way. But that's why you surround yourself with other people that have been through it before that understand it. And that's why I write these books to kind of help people with the, the whole mindset of being able to see that, okay, it's a journey. And you have to really celebrate all the little wins because there's a lot of little wins that add up to mm-hmm. big wins. If you can see them and recognize them and have some gratitude for them and enjoy them. But you have to find right. them. They're there. They're there every day. They're not these big things that you can post on on social media and say, hey, look what I just did. But they all add up. Right. To building momentum for your business. And if you have someone on your team that can't see these little things as a positive, they don't need to be on your team. Yeah. They will drag you down. They'll drag your whole positive energy, positive vibes that you have. They will drag it down. You don't need that. Your little successes, whether it be getting your 100th customer, your 10th ebook downloaded, whatever these little stepping stones are, if they can't be happy that you did that, cut them loose. They're not happy in your company. They're not happy with little successes, and they're not going to be there for the long run. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many more successes. Mm -hmm. I was going to say there's so many more successes than just the, the, the revenue. Exactly. A lot of people measured their success just by the revenue, but so many successes that build up to that revenue that you have to enjoy. And if you can really enjoy those, then the revenue will start to come after. But if you exactly. can't enjoy the little things, it's hard because you're just going to feel like you're you're always losing. That That is a wonderful point. If you're judging your business, your books, your whatever, by how much income you're getting, you're missing the whole point. If you're an author and you're writing only for money, you're doing it completely wrong. You have to do it for the little successes. Teaching one person something, showing them something, open their mind to something, that's a little success. That's something to be celebrated. Yeah, exactly. There's there's some months where my uh, revenues from the books, it it doesn't even cover the uh, cell phone bill. But I'm happy that I'm getting these these emails every month saying that you sold something. Mm-hmm. And then when you you do some campaigns and you you make the bigger sales, that's that's more of a celebration. But when your your books are not going to sell in a big abundant amount every single month, twelve months a year. Right. 
But we're almost out of time, so before we let you go, where can our listeners find you? So I'm on uh, Instagram is the, the main social media site that I use. It's w.t.hamilton. It's on Instagram. And then I have uh, a page on Amazon. So if you look up uh, w.t.hamilton, you'll find that all my books are on there. I have uh, personal development books and, and entrepreneur books. Those are the, the two main places that I drive traffic to. Awesome. As an entrepreneur, author, and a promoter, I highly suggest you get a Facebook page. You can reach a oh, lot do, more customers. I do have, uh, yeah, I do have uh, it's WT Hamilton Author is my Facebook page. Good, because I'm, I find a lot of more people, believe it or not, go to Facebook before they go to Instagram. Don't ask me why, because Instagram <laughs> is little quick things, but I, I I don't get it. But, hey, it's there. But I, I thank you for being on the show today. Well, it was a real pleasure, Emma. I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. Yeah, and I look forward to reading your next book when it comes out. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and thanks to for, our, for doing this show. It's really uh, yeah, really helpful we, we for do this. Authors. Yeah, we do this for authors, entrepreneurs. Just get a hold of me. I love doing these. But for now, thank you, and we'll talk to you later. All right, thank you. Have a good day. <laughs>